You're listening to the Albany Paranormal Campfire. In lieu of our music, as we usually have before the intro of the actual episode, with this episode being about reptilians, I thought I would include a track of supposed reptilian music. I will give you a disclaimer that there are some high points in the music briefly that may be a little hard to listen to, might hurt your ears, but just bear with me. So I thought I would include some actual reptilian supposed music. Well, hopefully that music didn't hurt your eardrums, too badly, at least. Other than that, let's get on with the show. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Albany Paranormal Campfire. I am your host, Jeff Odinson, and this is our, I believe, fourth or fifth episode. You will hear that I am alone again for this week. No co-host, no interview, nothing. Uh, Before we get started... Our leader did want me to let you know uh, we do share this to the Bigfoot page as well as obviously the New York Paranormal Society page as well. And I just as a disclaimer, I just wanted to go for this and future episodes that not every episode is going to necessarily be a very informational heavy or information heavy episode. Depending on what we're talking about and who I'm with, we may be shooting the shit or we may be getting in depth into different aspects of the paranormal so depending on the episode it may not always be what you're looking for which is great because you don't have to listen to every episode just keep that in mind when you are listening that not every episode is going to be something you may be interested in or looking for that being said happy new year and we are about set to start off our year basically uh today we are going to 10 brock mansion and we're going to do our first investigation of the house well first investigation this year of course so based on last week's episode or last episode with cryptids uh did pique my interest in talking about aliens and i thought would be a good thing to talk about considering we've gone over the paranormal we've gone over a bit of customary stuff with Samhain and Halloween. Uh, We obviously just talked about cryptids last week. This is revolving around all three aspects of the paranormal, which is aliens and ufology, cryptids and cryptozoology, and ghosts and all those sorts of stuff as well. So to round out the trio, we're going to talk about aliens today. So why don't we get started? So In terms of what I wanted to talk about, obviously there are a lot of different theories on different kinds of aliens or 
you know, different species or races of aliens, where they came from, what they're doing. Are they good? Are they bad? Obviously, the different UFO sightings, different shapes. There's a lot of things you can go into with ufology. So based off of last week's episode, however, did pique my interest in talking about reptilians. Reptilians are a very interesting race or species of humanoid, I guess, like things, just because there's a lot of different theories on whether or not they're actually aliens, whether or not they came from beneath the earth as the original terrestrial intelligent species on the planet before or besides us. So there's a lot of different theories on the reptilians, on what they're here for, if they're good, if they're bad, what they're doing here, what they're doing with us, whether or not they're at war with other aliens. You know that often comes up in different topics. The reptilians are in a lot of popular culture. I watch Doctor Who. Uh, just a shout out for any Whovians out there. I do watch Doctor Who, and there have been a number of episodes with the reptilians as as being underground. Uh, an underground species has, again, the original terrestrial intelligence on the planet, you know, and there's a number of different shows that go over uh, the ancient astronaut hypothesis of the ancient aliens series talks about the reptilians. They also allude to whether or not they were originally on the planet or if they're an alien species species coming outside, coming back to us. But unfortunately, we obviously don't really know if they exist, if they're real, or really if, you know, where they came from either. So I, I figured we'd start from, you know, so I guess this will be a very informational episode more so than the last one. Last week, we wanted to kind of go over just the general, or I wanted to go over just the general cryptid and cryptozoology and kind of what that entails. So we'll go a little more in depth. Uh, This can be a cryptid. As I talked about in the last episode, there's an incident that included this lizard men, these lizard men in the cryptozoology sphere. Uh, So we'll talk about that briefly as well. So I want to start from the beginning. So basically from antiquity, we have been interested in serpent-like men and women just from our mythology and from a mythology and a religious spiritual standpoint, not just from people writing shit down. So way back in antiquity, uh, we even talking about reptilians or serpent-like beings, we have the Boreas, which is a Greek god of the cold north wind, who is often described as a serpent with wings. The Cecrops, I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, which was considered the mythical first king of Athens, uh, also a Greek origin, was considered a half-man, half-snake. Uh, the Dragon Kings, uh, talks about dragons in Chinese mythology, obviously come up pretty prominently as either harbingers of doom or bringers of luck. Uh, Dragon Kings, again, uh, finding this concept, uh, Dragon Kings, the Cecrops, the Boreas are these humanoid-like reptiles that are either the first people to come about and to bring about civilization, basically, 
or to lead civilization, to rule us as kings, to rule us as gods or mythical beings running the show, basically. Some of the jinn in Islamic mythology uh, also can be humanoid and serpentine different forms. I think this is also best shown by some of the, you when you see a picture of like a genie when you're googling something, you know, it's coming out of the lamp, it has a tail. You know, it's it's more so to do, I guess, in that aspect with like the smoky cloud they're coming out of out of the lamp, but in a lot of mythology in Islamic mythology, um, they can switch between a serpentine reptile form and uh, a human form, obviously. More in Greek of different people, of regular people, not just kings and queens, with that are half man or half woman, half snake. There's obviously a plethora of snake gods or snake humanoid-like gods through, I, I, you know, I think it is... South American or Central American cultures had a lot of snake gods, snake-like gods, reptilian gods, and even in other popular parts of our mythology around the world, we talk about dragon, uh, talk about serpents. So in my culture, in Norse, they talk about you know the serpent that surrounds the world or the, the the nine worlds. You know, we talk about serpents ending the world. We talk about uh, different serpent-like beings that that sometimes our humanoid gods give birth to, uh, Loki being one of them. So a lot of it entails, even back in antiquity, that we had this interest in serpent-like or reptile-like beings and how we thought maybe almost like they were the first people and gave us intelligence, gave us life, who knows. But really, they they talked about a lot of this, you know, as being the first to bring about the human race. You know, they are they were the first people, the kings, the queens, the gods. Uh, in the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is one of the oldest civilizations with uh, Mesopotamia, the lord of the Tree of Life, was linked to a serpent constellation in our sky, Hydra. So it was linked to a serpent, the Lord, the tree of life. Even in Christian mythology, uh, not to offend anyone by calling it that, but that essentially is what it is. In Christian and Judaic mythology, you know, the serpent was there in the garden. It was there already. You know, he didn't create this serpent it was already there in, you know, in the Garden of Life, you know, a Garden of Eden. But then it also alluded to, again, this idea that the reptilians or these serpents might not be necessarily good. Obviously, in that mythology, the serpent led us astray and led us to, a, you know, leaving the Garden of Eden and never being able to come back. So... In that aspect, it was also interesting that that serpent was doomed to crawl on its belly, became a snake, basically, which also alludes that this reptile-like thing had legs beforehand, and often in some pictures of the serpent in the garden, it is depicted with legs, and then obviously gets them removed when 
obviously it was kicked out or did something bad. This also talks about turtle-headed gods too. You know, so basically what we're alluding to is that there is reptile gods, there's snake gods, there's dragon gods, there's myths and stories about serpent-like or reptile-like beings coming down, whether they are the progenitors of humans or whether or not they helped us gain technology or whether or not they came out of the earth or came out of the sky. They don't really allude to that, but there is a there has been a lot of interest in reptile-like beings for pretty much our entire recorded history. You know, as soon as we were able to write or make pictographs on a cave, as soon as we were able to tell stories, these ideas came into our head. And a lot of people that subscribe to the reptile or reptilian theory harp on a lot of this in terms of, you know, we, there has to be a plausible cause of why we started to think about these reptile beings or draw pictures or why are they in our mythology? Did we see them? You know, did they come out of the earth? Did they come out of the sky? Uh, Did they bring us life or technology or intelligence even? Some stories talk about reptilian people or if you want, whatever you call them, reptilians saying that they gave life to humanity, you know, that they are, quote, unquote, I guess, the gods of us. You know, they gave us life. They brought us into this world and they kind of took a step back and just watching or they're fucking with our lives. I don't know. But there's a lot of theories that amount to or bound to the reptilians. It's definitely a very interesting race, I guess you call it, or, or aliens that you would like to investigate. It has a lot. Of, they have a lot of lore behind them, and it's definitely something that's interesting to look at. And and quite frankly, I think it's very fun to look at too. I don't necessarily believe or not believe whether or not they exist. I think our role as investigators, and I think this is a good way to go about it obviously for anyone that's looking to investigate or that is investigating is that uh, we had a discussion with friends yesterday and they were talking about whether or not ghosts or these paranormal entities exist and the same goes for ufology in that we're not here to say they definitely exist or they definitely don't exist we're here to peak your brain, and we're also here to say this phenomenon, this event, this activity or drawing or whatever cannot be explained by normal means. We can't explain it, at least with the technology that we have now. We can't explain what caused this or what this is. So it remains in that file or that folder of unexplained. Now, it can be aliens, it can be reptilians, it can be ghosts, it can be Bigfoot, it can be whatever. But in the end, we're just saying that something is unexplained. Whether or not we subscribe to saying it was probably Bigfoot or 
this is a reptilian or it was a reptilian or this is a gray alien we'll talk about on future episodes. We're not here to tell you what to believe. We're here to give you the facts. We're here to give you the interviews and what we have heard and what we have seen. And you make your own conclusions from that. So I think that's a point to make. I know a lot of people listening to this episode might find the idea of reptilians far-fetched. But at the same time, it is pretty far-fetched. However, our ancestors have been thinking about reptilians or snake or serpent-like beings for obviously as long as we could write and as long as we could draw or whatever. So it is. it does lend itself to that very interesting part of our psyche that we would like to believe that other things are out there, you know, or under us, basically. With that being said, we're going to fast forward all the way into our time. And the first person that really, or one of the first people that really talked about the idea of reptile-like humanoids, if we go a little closer, actually, I'm going to veer off really quickly and talk about modern mythology people. H.P. Lovecraft, he not really talking about mythology, but his own mythos and the books that he put out. We obviously see a lot about serpent-like beings living in an old Arabian city of a pre-human reptilian race. So it continue on from antiquity with, I guess, more modern people talking about it and writing about it and just kind of stories about them, which is how everything got to us. So one of the first people, to first reputable, I guess you would call it, if you want to call them that, people talking about reptilians was a man by the name of Dale, Dale Allen Russell. Now, he was a geologist and a paleontologist, so he's not just some run-of-the-mill person talking on a History Channel thing. Not that there's anything wrong with the show. So, in 1982, Russell created what he called the Dinosaurid Thought Experiment. So, one of the dinosaurs that he was investigating, he noticed a trend in that the dinosaurs in question, their brain size was actually increasing over time. Uh, had it not been for, obviously, the mass extinction event that that we you know we can see happened that they may have developed into a sentient reptile maybe not humanoid necessarily but a sentient reptile like being uh, i'm not sure if it would be contain the intelligence that we had with us or we have but he was definitely noticing a trend in what he called the encephalization quotient of the eq which is basically seeing brain size to body size, uh, which is what we use to measure somewhat intelligence with us. Uh, when you look at monkeys and you look at apes and you look at our close relatives, we and not even our ancestors, we tend to look at brain size compared to body as a measure of intelligence and brain surface area. Uh, obviously, the brains of the dinosaurs are long gone, but we can measure brain the brain cavity size to the body size and 
notice a trend in that aspect. So he proposed that if this line of dinosaurs uh, looks like it was the Truodons, the T-R-O-O-D-O-N, if those who want to look it up, this line, if they had not perished during the late extinction event that happened, obviously, they might have developed human-like intelligence. Now, it's not to say that, again, as some people believe, they didn't go underground. So it's possible they could have continued to evolve underground if they didn't go extinct and could possibly be continuing to evolve and living underground. But it was just interesting that he talked about that. And this is the first instance of a modern and learned, I would say, I guess, paleontologists and geologists talking about the possibility that a human-level reptile intelligence could have possibly evolved or could possibly have evolved and still exists necessarily underground. Interesting, while I am looking up people that subscribe to the possibility of reptile-like beings, Carl Sagan, in his 1977 book, The Dragons of Eden, Speculations on the Evolution of Human Intelligence, he even speculated that another related group of dinosaurids, or I guess that's what they're calling it, or or just of dinosaurs, called the Sorornith... I'm not even going to pronounce this. Sorornithidoids, again, would have evolved into an intelligent form in the absence of any extinction event. Uh, Even paleontologists today that talk about raptors and the different species of raptor dinosaurs, while many of them obviously we see in our birds today, a lot of these dinosaurs were becoming very intelligent. Jurassic Park is obviously a fictional movie, but as we learned about dinosaur anatomy and what's possible. I mean, everything is speculation, but you know, we've realized that maybe these stupid lizards weren't as stupid as we thought they were. Now, whether or not they evolved into a humanoid-like lizard is up for debate and clearly is the discussion of this episode, but definitely lends credence to the fact that dinosaurs weren't necessarily these big dumb, stupid reptiles. There was a great degree of intelligence. We are finding evidence that a lot of dinosaurs were great parents, depending on the species, obviously. So it is very possible that the dinosaurs had some intelligence, just like monkeys, just like apes do, and one lineage, had it not been for the extinction event of 65 million years ago, obviously, could have developed into a humanoid-like reptile. Whether or not or how much humanoid it might have been is obviously, again, another thing that's up for debate. But, you know, it is possible. And it is also, again, as people subscribe to the reptilian hypothesis or theory, that these dinosaurs could have possibly went underground. I mean, there were mammals that survived as they were small enough that survived the mass extinction event, you know, and they went on to proliferate and become us. So we wouldn't be here 
without that asteroid hitting the Earth, you know, we probably probably wouldn't be here. Would a reptilian humanoid-like being be here instead of us? Possibly. Is it possible they could have also survived the asteroid event if they were small enough, just like other mammals, or if they had enough intelligence to dig underground or some shit like that? It's also certainly possible. No one was there 65 million years ago. We have no fucking clue what would have happened or what might have happened. So it's definitely possible. The humanoid reptilians will go over. Obviously, they have scaly skin for the most part. They have the reptilian eyes. Uh, What I just watched today was a Dr. Phil episode, actually, where they harped on one woman that was interviewed on the show. I didn't quite get what show it was about or who the interviewee was, but they do talk about reptile or reptile or snake-like eyes. And that seems to be a very prominent thing in the videos that people usually show is either switching to those reptilian eyes because they talk about disguises that the reptilians keep, obviously, to look human, to survive and walk about in our society without being detected. So the eyes seem to give it away. Sometimes there's skin deformities that look like scales that people will say are possibly signs that they're a reptilian. All the way down to David Icke, who is one of the most prominent people with the reptilian hypothesis, talking about the RH factor in our blood. Now, the RH factor refers to a lineage between us and the rhesus monkey, or basically the rest of primates. And most people, majority of people on the planet, have a positive, an RH positive, meaning that their mitochondrial DNA that's passed down maternally, that they are descendants of monkeys. They are descendants of apes or other apes, I guess, or ape-like creatures, you know, if we believe in evolution. There are a select few people, I mean, I, I don't know the percentage, that are RH negative, saying that they don't have that gene or that specific part of their DNA in there. And so they, they actually want to attribute that to an alien DNA or something alien or something not human in the DNA pool with this group of or percentage of people that exists on the planet today of quote unquote, again, humans that exist on the planet, a human that has an RH negative could either be a full blood or a cross blood. Now, a full blood is a reptilian that possibly knows they're a reptilian, but uses a cloaking device or some shit like that to cloak their form to look like a human. A cross blood is kind of like a mud blood, I guess, in Harry Potter, is someone that's half and half. You know, someone that is half human and possibly half reptilian. In this case, a lot of times they say that the crossblood wouldn't know they were part reptilian. It's kind of like a male reptilian fertilized, I guess you would call it that, or, you know, had sex with a female woman. She gave birth to this hybrid during coitus, I guess, or during sex, you know, the reptilian obviously didn't change form. He just looked like a human. And it is presumed that the child is a human, 
But if you look at the DNA, they got an Rh negative factor, and you know who knows? You know they they're half they're half reptilian, half human. A lot of times, across people, cross breeds, whatever, will not know that they are human. What also brought this up with our discussion last week was the lizard man of scape or swamp. Basically, in 1988, a 17-year-old male, basically in Lee County, which I believe is in one of the Carolinas, claimed that his car was damaged by a creature he described as a green, wet lake and about seven feet tall, had three fingers, red eyes, skin like a lizard, and snake-like scales. So what happened? His car broke down. He was trying to fix it, or he got out to try and fix it. This weird lizard-like creature came out of the woods, or at least out of nowhere, scared the fucking hell out of him, and... I think he either fixed his car or he fucking fled out of there as soon as he could and fixed it elsewhere because he sped away in his car. So it scared the hell out of him. And he wound up talking about this story on the local news and they took a hold of it and they drew up sketches. And this is to say that possibly, I guess, some lizardmen or some reptilians are not parading around in human skin, you know, if they exist or not. So it is very possible we can have these aliens around us. Whether or not they existed prior to us on this planet or not, it is very information-heavy in terms of there's a lot of lore and there's a lot of information out there in terms of what a reptilian is, what they look like. I mean, you just, you type reptilian on YouTube and there's a plethora of different videos, whether it's Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or Republican, Democrat, who cares? Beyonce Knowles, fucking celebrities, the queen, of course. You know, there's a lot of different Theories. There's a lot of different supposed evidence of these beings living among us. Whether or not they're benevolent, again, stands to be seen. Some people, they're told, again, that they're watching us and they created us and they're just kind of looking out for us while others think they're drinking our blood and killing off people and experimenting and ready to take over our world eventually. Which is Which points to the fact that if they wanted to take over our world and they were present during antiquity, it would have been a lot easier to take us over than now with our technology, which makes it a little harder. So I'm not too sold on the fact that they want to take us over versus maybe use us again. You know, a theory with Mesopotamia is that we were created as a slave species. So whether or not they're using us to uh, as a means to an end for something and they just want to remain in the shadows and continue using us covertly remains to be seen. So this was a, I guess, preliminary episode about the reptilians. Uh, I hope that you learned something about this possible alien species or possible Terran species if you want to 
say they came from underground or they were here before us. I would like to get your thoughts. As always, with all our episodes, I do try to leave it open. I'm always open for discussion. Nothing is set in stone. Like I said in the beginning, we're just investigators and we're just popping the questions and letting you do your own, come to your own conclusions about things, letting you do your own research. By all means, Google scholarly resources about the reptilians if they exist google just regular resources watch a bunch of youtube videos come to your own conclusions we're just here to inform you about things that do exist in the minds of certain people or possibilities of certain things just like we do with all our paranormal stuff and you know comments on the episode and what you like about it what you didn't like comment about what you'd like to hear on different episodes, message us, uh, share, subscribe, whatever you want to do. And this is Jeff Odinson, and you will hear me next episode. Hopefully we have an interview. I think we're going to, or a host, a co-host, we're going to be, I believe, doing another episode at an event. So that'll be fun. You kind of get a taste of what we do for the most part. But other than that, You guys enjoy the rest of your day and I will see you on the next episode with the next campfire.